this is Mitchie, and welcome back to the Manic Manor podcast. So for all of my listeners in the U.S., I hope you had a fairly good uh, veteran day, Veterans Day weekend. Um, and everybody else, I hope you guys had a very good weekend as well. I hope that you guys are looking forward to having a very good week. I hope everything is good for you all as well. So we are going to go ahead and get into our case for this week. This is the case of the Bagan Manicule, or the Pochan Middle School Girl Murder. Uh, it was featured on, of course, the documentary series Kukoshia Goshipta. Um, I think around 2019 is when they aired this document series. But this was a case that happened all the way back in 2003. And this surrounded a young 15-year-old middle school girl by the name of Onhyuna. She had been hanging out with her friends after a day at school and this was a rural area that she had lived in um, in Pochan. They would typically after school go and hang out with each other until probably about six or seven o'clock at night and then head home and because it was such a rural area they actually lived fairly close to one another so the fact is, um, the friend that she was hanging out with that evening on November 5th of 2003, she was about five or maybe ten minutes away, like a five to ten minute walk away from her own home. So about six o'clock in the evening, she calls her mother and says, hey, I'm on my way home, mom. I will be there maybe about five minutes. I'll see you here in a little bit. I love you. And that is the last that anyone hears from Hyona. So the mom waits. She doesn't show up. She waits a little bit more. Still no sign of Hyona. And around 9 o'clock in the evening rolls around. So we're about three hours after the last communication from her. And the mom starts to get really nervous. So she decides that she's going to report that her daughter is missing. Now, um, Hyona's father was involved with the military, so he did have some connections, so they were able to push and get their daughter, their daughter's disappearance taken seriously, because most of the time, like, even here in the U.S., especially back then, like, in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, when a kid went missing... A lot of times, local authorities would just push it to the side as, oh, this is just a runaway. They'll come back. It's no biggie. Which, hindsight is 50-50. You should never just automatically assume that a child is a runaway, no matter what kind of behavior the child has. And it's not like Kiona had a nasty behavior about her where she was known to be rebellious because she was far from that. I mean, she was a great girl from all the sources that you could study and read on this case. She was a typical middle school girl. I mean, she just wanted to have good grades. She wanted to have friends. There was nothing that would suggest that she would just up and disappear for no reason. So this was very concerning. So it was noted that the last communications when they started investigating on this was about 6.18 in the afternoon. And so they started to do the search for her. And unfortunately, for about 23 days, 
they would not find any clue on what happened to Hyuna. They wouldn't find anything whatsoever, but on that 23rd day, they would ha they would find a few belongings of her. So, they were scouting along the woods, and they were able to find a backpack, some socks, um, and a notebook that had been discarded. Um, and it was really close, like maybe four or five miles away from Hyuna's home. So it seemed like whoever had done this either was very familiar with the area or was from the area. Or, I mean, I mean, definitely both. So then a few, well, a few days later, they were able to locate her phone and shoes. And these shoes and the phone seem to be quite strategically placed on top of the garbage like in plain sight like if somebody was trying to hide evidence you wouldn't hide it where somebody could see it you would try to like bury it up underneath all the garbage but no this was sitting just in a garbage pile in a construction site right there on top of it almost as if the culprit was saying I know that you guys are trying to find her, and I'm toying with you. And this was really concerning, and I think that a lot of people at this time were beginning to worry whether or not that they were going to find her alive. And when they found this phone, the battery had been taken out, so it was showing that this was not, you know, this wasn't like some sort of freak accident or anything. This was definitely something deliberate. And then the trail went cold again, and it wouldn't be until about February 3rd of 2004. So, you know, Hyuna's parents were still trying to hold out hope that their daughter was going to be found. So the father, he was adamant on finding his daughter. So with him and a couple of other people in around the area, they formed two more groups to try to scout the area again because they were bound and determined to find her, but unfortunately on that day, um, if they, they still weren't able to find her. And then five days later, on the 8th of February, while they were still conducting this search, there was a team that was searching um, a nearby highway and they noticed that there was a TV box covering up a opening on a drainage canal in Pochon. And when they moved this TV box, they noticed feet. And further investigation showed that it wasn't like any kind of dismemberment or anything like that. No, it was a whole person. And unfortunately, <clears throat> it was the body of Onkyona. And her body was found very decayed, um, completely nude, partially hidden. And due to the state of her decomposition, it was unfortunate that the authorities were not able to properly decipher an actual cause of death for her at a first glance. But because of her being nude, they were worried that she was probably assaulted. So they were combing for any kind of clues to figure out what had happened. 
so when they were doing her autopsy, of course, you know, they swapped for any signs of sexual assault, but they couldn't find any. So that left with trying to look around the scene. Now, they did find some potential links at first, but it turned out that they were all dead ends. Like, originally they found, like, a condom that was at the scene not too far away, but it turned out that there was no correlation with it. Um, there were some tools that were around her body, but it turned out that those tools were reported missing from a farmer earlier. So, everything about it kind of just was a dead end. Like, they couldn't figure out what had happened to her, but... Now, this is the red manicure case, so that gives a big clue, and it's like one of the only clues that we have in this case. When they found Hyona's body, she um, had her nails freshly cut and painted. Now, in South Korea, especially with her school, there was a strict policy against having your nails painted, especially if they were a bright color. And clearly, if somebody has passed away, they're not going to be able to do their nails. So this led the authorities to firmly believe that whoever did this to Hyona had done her nails post-mortem. Now, since at the point in time when the only clue that they had was this red nail polish that they found on Hyona's body... They started questioning people that knew her, anybody mm -hmm. around, trying to figure out what what could be a motive. But, you know, friends, family, everybody said she was not the type of person to paint her nails. And even if she did paint her nails, she wouldn't have painted them in that ma uh, matter. So then they started looking at, you know, the TV box that she was hitting behind. They thought maybe we could track the number on this box, but when they tracked the box, it just took them to an electronics store that was in a local neighborhood um, in Namyangju. So it was a complete dead end on there. Then they started asking people around the area on that day, seeing, you know, was there anything out of the ordinary that they saw? Some people reported that they saw an unfamiliar white car. Um, it looked like it was driving around suspiciously. But all of that, just all of it led to a dead end. So, unfortunately, the authorities were not able to get any kind of leads. So, they weren't able to pursue finding Hyona's killer. And the case went cold. For the longest time and on the 13th of February in 2004 they held a honor they held a ceremony to honor the memory of Hyuna and they gave her a diploma for her and did her funeral so for the longest time we're talking like 16 years this case went cold but um then it started to spark a little bit of life. Like I said, Kukoshiago uh, Shipta started to cover it, and it looks like police started to get a new um, life about this case, and more information came to light about it. So we started to figure out that 
in the notebook that the police had recovered, they had noticed that parts of Fiona's name that were written in her notebook, it was like completely removed, almost as if whoever had done this wanted some sort of sick trophy. And they also had noted that they were never able to recover Hyona's uniform as well. So this is definitely somebody that's got some sort of sick thrill that wanted some sort of trophy. And it made them think that maybe this was somebody who knew her as well. And from everything that they did, they concluded that the culprit had to be someone who knew this village well enough to carefully plan out this crime, and they deemed that this had to be some sort of pervert that was living amongst ordinary people, like some sort of wolf in sheep's clothing. And then in the documentary, it talked about how the police had taken samples from this nail polish that was on the victim's body, and they were trying to, you know, match it to all of these cosmetic shops that were in the surrounding area, but they couldn't really find a certain match. But however, there was a woman who said that she remembered around that time that there was a man who seemed very feminine, very timid, and gave off this weird vibe. Like, he called her Oni, and that's a term that's normally used from, like, a younger woman to an older woman, not a younger man to an older woman. And it just threw her off and he was buying a deep red nail polish. So she had made that report but they weren't able to identify who this person was. So that, uh, that was another lead that went cold but it did seem like it kinda lined up with what was going on. But also around this time, there was also another possible tie into the murder of Hyuna. Um, a woman came forward on this show and said that she remembered around this time that she had been abducted by a strange man while she was on her way home. Now, she said that she had been followed by this guy and she was just trying to get home and he was adamant on giving her a ride home and she was afraid to say no because she was afraid that if she did he was going to get more angry so she got into the car and you know a lot of people will say well you shouldn't you still shouldn't get in the car well it is very easy for somebody on the outside looking in especially when you're the only person in that situation and you don't know what a person is capable of doing but this woman said that when they got to her destination, she asked him to stop the car, but he locked the doors and he still kept going. Now, she managed to fight with him and she did get the door unlocked and she got out and she ran. And I think for the longest time she suppressed this because it was such a traumatic thing, but um, she saw the missing banners and everything of Hyuna and saw, you know, all this going on and felt like she needed to report it. But for the longest time, she had a hard time with her memory. So she went under hypnosis and from there, you know, a lot of people would say that hypnosis is not necessarily a reliable source, but 
She was able to give a fairly good description. Like, she said she was able to remember what this man looked like. So, at the time, she said he appeared to be in his mid-twenties. Kind of had short hair, was around 170 centimeters tall. Very feminine looking, had very kept up clean hands, manicured almost. Looked like he had a clear polish on them. So... From that description, they were able to draw a sketch, and that's the sketch that I posted on my Instagram page that you saw, and it's a very unsettling looking picture. Like, that photo made my skin crawl. And another thing was this incident happened, I think they said around four miles from where the body of Hyona was found, so there's another connection to there. And the woman said also that she was able to remember that this was a white car and she even was able to remember the license plate when she was under the hypnosis of it. So, I mean, that's a, that's a really good uh, recollection. So, from this drawing and everything, there was a co-worker at a nearby factory. I don't know if it was a car factory or what it was, but there was a co-worker that said, you know, this this photo looks an awful lot like a co-worker of mine, and you know, he's kind of strange. So he made in the report for that, and he said, you know, when he was at work, he was a very introverted guy, a very feminine almost and every half hour or so he would always have to go and wash his hands like he was not your typical guy so every so something about him just threw this guy off like he was terrified of everything especially bugs like he was not the type of person you would assume would be working in a factory so with this report put in, they decided that they were going to look into it, but unfortunately, that investigation came to a stop because it seemed like this suspect, or potential suspect at least, was dead. Like, I don't know if he just passed away from uncertain causes or if he committed suicide, but it was stated that he did pass away. So once again, it was a cold trail. Now there's been quite a bit of controversy that has surrounded this case. Um, back on October 16th of 2004, it was said that the chief investigator that was originally under this case ended up committing suicide and they had left a note apologizing because they were unable to find the culprit of Hyona's murder. And the new person that had taken over the case thinks that whoever this culprit is, because of all of these potential suspects and all of these leads that have come through, that whoever this is is not these people that they have been searching. And he's, he has made a promise to the family that he will do everything possible to try to find this culprit. But, you know, we're nearing 20 years. This happened in 2003. We're in 2022 now. But there's, we're no closer now than we were back then. 
And there's also been a huge, you know, setback with people thinking that, you know, hypnotherapy is not very reliable when it comes to getting information out of a possible witness. So some people don't even think that this is a very credible source, depending on who you talk to. But regardless of what these people believe or what side that you're on, what you think, the authorities are taking, or they say that they take, every report as a clue for them, and they will still do everything in their power to track down Hyona's killer and seek justice for her. And I can only hope that, hopefully, especially with, you know, the statute of limitations in South Korea being lifted, that this young girl is able to get justice, her family is able to have some sort of peace of mind, because I cannot imagine what it would be like for them to go all these years and not know what happened to their baby. So that is the case of the red manicure murder. Um, as always, I know that this was a very wishy-washy type of episode, and if there's any kind of sources that you guys find that discredit anything that I've said or there's anything that I do need to correct, please don't hesitate to let me know. I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot that is missing here that definitely needs to be gone over again. So please don't hesitate to let me know. Uh, feel free to reach out to me at manicmanorpodcast at gmail.com at our email. You can also reach out on Facebook or Instagram at Manic Manor Podcast, and we also have a Patreon as well if you feel so inclined to join that. So, as always, I hope you guys stay safe, hope you guys have a great week, and we will see you in the next episode.